Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. It is great to be with you today. If you have your copy of scripture, as you pull it out and turn with me to the uh, New Testament, to Mark's gospel, chapter 4, and uh, turning to verse 35, as you're pulling that out, I want to bring greeting once again on behalf of our network superintendent, Pastor Rich Guerra, who oversees the 465 churches here in Southern California from Fresno down to the Mexican border and from the ocean to the state borders as well. And we have been praying for you, especially this week, in the midst of some things that have transpired. And I want to particularly bring a message today that I think could speak to us even in moments like this. And so in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it says this. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crown, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have to come together into this place to lift up your name, to sing praise and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What an amazing thing it is to give you the praise that's due your name. And I pray that as we open up your word, that as we speak from it, and Lord, we convey what your word says, I pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts, and Holy Spirit, continue to do a work within each one of us that you want to do, We surrender over to you, Lord. We open up our hearts to you. Speak into our lives so that when we leave here, we leave here changed. We leave here different. We leave here more like Jesus because of this time together. We place it all in your hands. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Today I want to talk to you about overcoming storms. Have you ever dealt with a storm in your life? Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a, a relational storm. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a church storm. We deal with storms that take place, and sometimes storms that hit us hit us by surprise. Sometimes the storms that hit us hit us harder than we thought. Sometimes the storms aren't quite what we expected them to be. It didn't turn out to be as big a thing as we thought it could be. But I'm here today to tell you that no matter what storm hits your life, None of it takes God by surprise. The Lord isn't in heaven and looking down on us today, and he doesn't look at you and and say to himself, wow, I didn't see that one coming. That's something you'll never hear coming out of the mouth of God. Because the Lord knows all things. He knows what to expect. He knows what is going on. He knows your joys. He knows your pains. He knows the coming and going of your life And we could take all of it and place it back in his hands because he is amazing. Can I get an amen to that? 
three things I want to share with you today, just very briefly out of this, three keys to overcoming storms. Number one, very simply, is let faith win over fear. Let faith win over fear. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says it this way, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's got you in the palm of his hand. God's got your life, your situation. He's got BFA in the palm of his hand, and nothing takes God by surprise, so we don't need to worry about fearing the future. The fact is that fear paralyzes us. Worry, anxiety, it stops us dead in our tracks. It causes us to take a few steps back. And when fear comes in, we've gotta be careful that we don't jump to certain conclusions because we may not fully understand. Have you ever been in a situation that while you were going through it, you thought you understood exactly what was taking place, and yet after you went through it, you look back on it and it's like, wow, I didn't see all of God's handiwork in the midst of it. God is at work on your behalf, and God is guiding and directing And so we need to make sure that we don't let fear overcome us. We need to instead let faith win out. Let me give you a couple of examples of that. When I, I think a couple of weeks ago when I was here, I alluded to the fact that when I was pastoring in Victorville, we had a multi-campus ministry, and it started by saying yes to the first couple of campuses. The fact is, is that, that you've got to face your fears. And there was a fear factor that hit me As I'm trying to lead a church at that point that had gone through a difficult situation, and my comment, in a sense, back to the superintendent privately was, do you think I can actually do this because I'm trying to navigate this, and now you want me to do this and this in addition to this? That makes sense. (laughs) And sometimes it takes trusted friends to speak into your life, doesn't it? Say, you know what? I see this in you, you can do that. And it it builds up your faith, doesn't it? It builds up your faith. You know, the Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb, which we will celebrate and talk about today, but also says that they overcame by the word of their testimony, right? And so there's something powerful about hearing each other's testimony about hearing other people speak into other people's life about what God did in their life or what God has done and how they've seen God at work. And the same God who did that many years ago is still doing the same kinds of things today. And we've got to entrust that to him, don't we? My two theme verses for my life personally that I've claimed from a very actually young age come out of the Old Testament in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says very simply to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Another translation says he'll make your path straight. 
So as we entrust our lives to him, as we entrust the things that we're dealing with within our lives to him, then and we hear what God is doing in other people's lives, we can overcome not only because of what Jesus did upon the cross, and it starts there, but it also happens because we hear the testimony of what God is doing in other people's lives, and we need to let faith arise within our hearts. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. So important that we do that. Okay, let me give you another practical example of my life. So a number of years ago, we went on a cruise. I don't know if you've ever done a cruise before. If you ever get a chance to do a cruise, do it. It's amazing. And so we went on a cruise around the Hawaiian Islands, and we went to Kauai, the beautiful island of Kauai. And my kids, who were like, you know, searching out the right excursion to do, said, hey, let's go zip lining. Anybody ever go zip lining before? You ever go zip lining? And uh, so I, I, you know, one of my fears um, happens to be heights. So I went along with the, uh, the other three who really, really conspired against me. I'm just, I'm, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. And so we did this excursion where we went zip lining in Kauai, one of the 10 highest ranked zip lining courses. I don't know how they determined that, but they did. And they said that we were one of the top 10 in the world. And it was amazing. And you just see the beauty of Kauai. And so we're there. We're on this little trek up to the top. And they had already planned out exactly what's going to happen. So we got up to the platform. And Rachel and Joshua, our two kids at the time, they, they went off. They hooked them up. They're off 35 miles an hour. They're doing their thing. And uh, they intentionally did not put me last because they know I would still be standing on the platform today <laughs> if they put me last. So I went third, Rhonda went last, and uh, they hooked me up to this cable, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at the sides of the cable, and I know how much I weigh. <laughs> and I'm looking to the heavens going, Jesus, I'm gonna see you really soon. <laughs> so they hooked me up, and this young kid, he's probably like 19, he goes, you ready to go? I said, no. <laughs> Rhonda's behind me. She pats me on the back, you know, so she's 5'3", I'm 6'2". She pat, you can do this, honey. <laughs> Thanks. And, you know, there's a point where you just have to do it, you know? And I look down, like my feet are over the edge of the step right here. I look down, it's a 400-foot drop. I'm here like, oh, dear Lord. And, and he goes, okay, you ready? I said, no. And he said, you can do this. I said, thanks. <laughs> he goes, just take a step. That's like the optimal word, just take the step. I said, I don't think I can do that. I said, I, you may need to push me. And, and he goes, I can do that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and in, instead of all of that, take, I, you know, I finally mustered up enough courage to take the step and to go off and I screamed like a girl the entire way. <laughs> but here's the thing, is that if you let fear win, you'll never take the step of faith. It's just not gonna happen. And, and you've gotta make a choice, God, am I gonna let you win in my life and take the step and follow what you want or am I going to be paralyzed and let the fear 
transfix me to this point where I become stifled in life. When we deal with storms, a lot of emotions hit us. And we've got to work through those emotions to get to the place where we allow the Lord to lead us to take the step that we're supposed to take in the midst of those emotions. The disciples are looking at Jesus, who's asleep on the cushion. They're bailing water out of the boat because it says that the boat was already filling. Remind you that some of the disciples were fishermen. They're used to being out on the water. And they're freaking out. And so they decide, we're going to wake Jesus up. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown here? Are you kidding me? We're going to drown. It's amazing how fear causes us to do certain things, to say certain things, to believe certain things, to walk down a road that God really doesn't mean for us to walk down, but because the storm hits us, it touches something in our lives, and because of that, we handle it maybe not exactly the way God wants us to handle it. And we've got to be careful that we let faith win out over the fear that we're dealing with. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says it this way, cast all, everybody say all, not some, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Maybe that's a word for somebody here in this room today that in the midst of the storm that you're dealing with, maybe right now, if you're dealing with one, you wonder, God, where are you in the midst of this? And you've got to be reminded that he cares for you. He he understands your situation better than you do. And so we've got to let faith win out over fear. A second thing that we've got to know today is that we need to know our source of peace. Know your source of peace. I want to remind you that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We celebrate it every Christmas, don't we? We see it on Christmas cards. He's the wonderful counselor, the Almighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, wants to give every one of us his peace today. I believe one of, the, one of the ploys of the enemy is to rob you of his peace because it's only the Lord who can give you that peace. Jesus said it, it's recorded there in John chapter 14, verse 27, where it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In other words, do not, do not let, let me just camp out of that. Do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, we allow the troublesome things of the world, the troublesome things of what the enemy wants to do to mess with our head and then with our hearts. And we've got to make a decision. No, no, no. I'm going to push that. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to allow the peace of God to flood me. It's a choice we need to make. Every one of us in this room today, you can make that choice. You can make the decision that I'm going to allow the peace of God. And the fact is, is that, that you know, the enemy's going to keep coming at you with certain things, especially if there's a little bit of a grip on that. And, and he's not going to necessarily let you go. So you've got to make the decision that you're going to pray through this throughout the day. Have you ever had to do that? Something going on that's taking place in your life and you pray about it in the morning and then by noontime, you got to pray about it again because it's kind of just hitting you all over again. 
And then by three o'clock in the afternoon, you gotta pray again. Then before dinner, you gotta pray again. Then you gotta pray again before you go to bed at night and you just gotta keep praying about it. Because as you keep giving it over to the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will lift it from you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'm reminded that Jesus wants to give peace. He came into Jerusalem on what we celebrate as Palm Sunday, on a day that he wept over the city. Luke chapter 19, he wept over the city for what could have been. The peace that could have been offered in the moment, and yet it wasn't. So Jesus wept over that. Jesus came in riding on a donkey, the colt of a donkey. A donkey symbolizes peace in the New Testament. Somebody comes riding in on a donkey, they're riding, bringing peace. Interestingly enough, just juxtapose it for a second, there will be a day that Jesus will return, book of Revelation, and he'll be coming riding on a white horse. That, that will be a day of war because that horse symbolic of war that will happen and the armies of heaven will be with him. And it'll be an amazing moment. And as I, I think about that moment, that moment is different than what God wants to give today. He came into Jerusalem to bring peace. He wants to bring peace into every single one of our lives. He is the prince of peace. You need to know your source of peace. Your peace will not come from looking at your situation. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to understand the situation we're dealing with, and so that's really important. But you will, your peace will not come by looking at the situation. Your peace will be coming by looking at Jesus. That's why the book of Hebrews says to us that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So the more that we look to Jesus, the better off we will be. Keep your eyes on Jesus. When you get your eyes off of Jesus, that's when the problems happen. So keep your eyes fixed upon the Lord. Can I get an amen to that? So important that we do that. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says it this way. Do not, <laughs> say it again, do not be anxious about anything. Let me just stop there. Do not be anxious about anything. Some of you are like professional worriers. You almost claim it like it's a spiritual gift. Let me remind you, worry is not a spiritual gift. I mean, people, well, I, I'm just a worrier. That's just what I do. Well, stop it. You don't have to, like, own it. Don't let it own you, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Love that. Have you ever had the peace of God flood you, and you hear like, wow, that's amazing, I'm really at peace about this. Even though, like, other people may be, like, upset, worried, anxious. And yet, God just flooded you with his peace. And it's clearly come from him because it really is not going to come anywhere else. Let me just remind you, the enemy is not going to give you peace. It's never going to happen. 
only God is the giver of peace. Only Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So accept his peace. Know where the peace comes from and pursue that with all of your heart. Pursue that with every fiber of your being. Third, today, let faith win over fear. Second, know your source of peace. And third, receive. Everybody say receive. It's really important. Receive God's answers. It's something to know that God has answered something, but it's something else to receive it. Let me say it this way. I, I, love, I love Christmas. Anybody else, anybody else like Christmas? I love Christmas. I, I'm, I'm, the cra- I, I'm already planning where I'm going to hide, where we're going to like hang some new Christmas lights this year. I, I, am, I am that guy, right? I just, I love, I love Christmas trees. I love, I love, man, we, we have manger scenes. I just, I love Christmas. And, and we started a, a tradition in our home many years ago that on Christmas Eve, we would open up one gift. I thought that was a great idea. It was my idea, but it was a great idea. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Because, like, I'd, let's spread this thing out and let's have so much fun with it, right? So, so then it turned into one gift. Then, then one year we decided, okay, we're going to do two gifts. So, so we did two gifts on Christmas Eve, you know? And the kids try to push it. Can we do three? You know, it's like, no, 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 tomorrow, right? So you got Christmas Eve. I love, my favorite service of the year is the Christmas Eve service. I just, do you guys do a Christmas Eve service here? I love Christmas Eve. You know, just light some candles, communion, just like you sing Christmas. It's just amazing, you know? So you got Christmas Eve, you got Christmas Day. My birthday is the day after Christmas. So yours is too? That's awesome. I got to meet you after service. So, so we, got, we got the trifecta thing going on here, right? Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, day after Christmas, and then I got to wait like 363 more days before it happens all over again. But the point is that I, I love Christmas. And, and so, you know, how many of you like giving and receiving gifts at Christmas time, Right? Like, I, I love giving gifts as much as receiving gifts. And, and if, I, if we got to the end of Christmas and all of a sudden there was one gift left, and I said to the kids, especially when they were younger, I said, you know what, let's not open the gift. Let's just put it on the mantle. Let's, let's just look at it for the next 12 months. We're, we're not going to unwrap it. We're just going to admire the bow. And the, and, the, and the colorful wrapping paper. If I said that to my kids, they'd go, you're nuts. No way, not gonna happen, right? So, so the whole idea of a Christmas gift is that you gotta unwrap it, right? You, you, gotta, you gotta unpack the thing. And, and I don't know, if you're, if you're the kind of person that likes to unwrap your Christmas gifts by taking your finger and carefully going along, that is not me, I'm just saying. Because like, you know, just... We're not saving paper, right? The paper's going to get recycled. That's fine. We're ripping into this Hummer. We're opening it up. We're seeing what it is. And to receive a gift well is not looking at the packaging. It's receiving the gift into your life. So as we have relationship with Jesus, it is essential that we unpack who Jesus is and receive all of who he is into our lives. Amen to that? And as we deal with the answers that God gives us, sometimes God answers our prayer exactly the way you pray about it. And you hear like, hallelujah, that's awesome, God answered my prayer. But there are moments, 
along the way that God may answer your prayer a little differently than the way you prayed about it. And you've got to be okay with God's answers. Because sometimes God answers things a little differently than the way that you think it should happen. How many of you, don't raise your hand, have ever gone to God and said, God, this is the way I think it should happen. And like you outlined the plan for God. Just think about how ludicrous that concept is. God, I've got the whole thing planned out. Please just do it this way. And God says, no, we're not doing it that way. He's got a different plan. And whenever God does something, he always does it well. And so we've got to know his answers, but we've got to receive his answers into our lives. Because sometimes we have our mindset so stuck on what we want, we don't, we're not open to what God's wanting to do. And that's really critical. Mark chapter 4, verse 41 says it this way, and they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In other words, Jesus, he gets up off of this cushion. By the way, I kind of missed this point, so I'll go back to it. Jesus is asleep on a cushion. Who can sleep through a storm like Jesus can because he is the Prince of Peace? He's got no worries. So he's asleep on the cushion. And they wake him up. Jesus, don't you care, teacher? Don't you care that we're going to drown? We're going to die. Had to be pretty bad. And so Jesus looks at him. I have him with a kind of a wry smile on his face, like, hmm, really? Okay. And he says, peace, be still. And just like that, the wind stops. Think about it for a second. The waves also stop. You know, after a storm is done, the sea's going to keep going for a while even when the, way, when the wind calms down. I mean, if you, had a, if you had a speedboat, you could have gone out and gone water skiing. It was like glass. No wind, no waves. Jesus answers the prayer. He takes care of the situation. He gets involved in what's going on. And, and they're like, whoa. Okay, you don't find it that way in the text, but that's the essence of it. They're going, who is this guy? Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? The answer comes forward. They were just hoping to get more water out of the boat and be okay. And Jesus takes care of the whole thing. Let, me be that, let that be a reminder to us that when God gets involved, he does things well. So cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Take all the stuff of life that you're dealing with. Don't hold it in, but give it to him. Know that he'll give you peace in your heart. And he'll come alongside of the situation. He'll bring the answers forward. And maybe, just maybe, the answer that he gives in your circumstance will be far beyond what you even thought was possible because our God is a great big God. So we've got to take all of it 
and we've got to give it back to him. Let his peace rule in your heart because when peace rules, then unity can follow. When you want unity without peace, it's not going to happen. But each one of us, if we allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, then God can bring unity and continue to bring great answers forward. John 16, 24 says it this way, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So very simply, let's put it all in God's hands. Would you pray with me? Lord, in this moment today, we give all of this to you. And we thank you that you do all things well. Also, thank you, Lord, that you're moving in this moment. I sense your presence. I'm so thankful for your spirit moving in this place. And Lord, today, as we think about where we stand spiritually, I can't help, Lord, but take a moment and give opportunity for anyone in this room that wants to build that relationship with you, that it would happen. And so, Lord, as we just bow in your presence, thank you for speaking into our lives. See, friends, the facts are very simple. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us in this room, we've messed up at some point in time. That mess up puts a, a blemish on your life that's called sin. And it's impossible for a blemished, sinful person to approach a holy God. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to give you life. And so today, if you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, let's build that relationship with Jesus today. Let's take this moment and let's make the decision that will change your life forever. I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you or single you out, but as we just bow in God's presence today, if you've come into this room and you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, here's the really cool thing is that the Lord wants you with him in heaven. Jesus says in his word, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on the door of your heart today, and if today you'd like to build that relationship with Jesus Christ, I'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But in the quietness of this moment, as we just bow in God's presence, if you'd like to build a relationship, if you'd like to ask him to come into your life, to take away your sin, if you'd like to have eternal life, you'd like to settle that today, in the quietness moment, would you just be bold enough to raise your hand? And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor John, would you pray for me? I want that relationship with Jesus. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. I see two, three, four, five, six hands. Seven, eight, nine. Thanks for honesty. Thank you. Thank you. 10, 11. Thank you. Just wait a moment. It's the most important decision. 11 people so far. Is there anyone else? Just want to include you in the prayer. I'd like to lead us. Thank you, 12. I'd like to lead us in a prayer of commitment. We're all going to pray together because for 12 of you, this is your moment. And we want to help you out. As you pray this prayer, you're going to be inviting Jesus into your heart and into your life. You're going to ask him to take away your sin and give you eternal life. And the really cool thing is that you don't need to try to convince him as you pray. You just need to ask because the Lord wants to do this for you. He's just waiting for you to ask. So let's all make the ask today. Let's help these 12. But to the 12 of you, you make this your prayer today. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus 
into this world to die upon a cross to forgive us of our sins. Today, Lord Jesus, I put my hope and I put my trust in you. Please forgive me of my sins and give me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.